Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Luke, chapter 2. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. If you've been with us, you know that we have been looking at the Christmas story and the birth of Jesus. And at the time of the birth of Jesus, as we talked about in chapter 1, at the time of the birth of Jesus, religion was powerless. The heathen systems had failed. Roman roads were built, which gave the world access to each other. Greek was the main language of the culture. The Jews were dispersed all over the land, hoping for a deliverer. Chapter 2, God sent a deliverer in the form of a baby to the Virgin Mary. This baby was born, were you with me? This baby was born in the most commonest of human conditions. He was born in a barn in Bethlehem. And then God appeared to the most commonest of people, the shepherds. The shepherds were the first to hear. The shepherds were the first to believe. And the shepherds were the first to preach the Christmas story. The shepherds were told by an angel that a savior has to be born, has been born, and they would find him wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And they went and they saw the baby Jesus lying in a manger, just as the angel has said, and they returned rejoicing and praising God. We left off in verse 20 of chapter 2. This morning we pick up in verse 21 of chapter 2. I have one question for you. The title of my sermon, what are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? That's an actually pretty powerful, poignant question. What are you waiting for? Waiting for the economy to get better? Waiting for your stocks to go up? What are you waiting for? Luke chapter 2, we pick up in verse 21. If you're looking at it, say amen. Amen. And when eight days were completed for the circumcision of the child, his name was called what, saints? The name Jesus was given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. And when the days of her purification, according to the laws of Moses, were completed, they brought him, Jesus, to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord, 
as it is written in the law of the Lord, every male who opens the wound shall be called holy to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or young pigeons. Saints, let's stop right there. Give me your attention. Are you taking notes? You write down these three main points here. In the Jewish culture, there are three main Jewish ceremonies or rituals that are observed by all Jewish people. Number one, circumcision. Number two, purification. And finally, presentation. Circumcision, purification, and presentation. First of all, circumcision. We know from our text, the Bible tells us that when eight days were completed, Jesus was circumcised. He was circumcised on the eighth day. Now, circumcision, listen closely, usually happened in the home. And it happened on the eighth day. Not the fifth day, not the sixth day, not the seventh day, not the ninth day. It happened on the eighth day. Why? Why on the eighth day? Well, first of all, primarily because on the eighth day is the day that God commanded that all male children should be circumcised. We find that in Genesis chapter 17, as God told Abraham to circumcise newborn males on the eighth day. Also, on the eighth day, we can see the wisdom of God. Watch this. You don't want to miss it. Scientists tell us that on the eighth day, what your body needs, are you listening? What your body needs for coagulation of the blood, the word coagulate means to thicken, for your blood to thicken so you don't bleed to death if you get a small cut. What your body needs for coagulation is vitamin K. And vitamin K is at a 100% peak and even more than that on the eighth day. Not the fifth, not the sixth, not the seventh or the ninth. But on the eighth day, coagulation is at its peak. I read that and I thought, now that's interesting. Because that tells me something about God. God knows stuff. Wasn't that deep and theological, wasn't it? Did y'all like that? You should write that down, really. God knows stuff. And so I read that and I thought, man, that's really, really interesting. I got to check this out. So first service, one of the sisters who serve handing out bulletins here is a physician. She's right outside my office. She's handing out bulletins. Hi, good morning. Hi, good morning. I recognize her voice. So I asked her, I said, would you step into my office? So she comes into my office looking guilty. Because everybody comes in my office. All I want is to just be friends. (laughs) Come to my office, yes, sir. I said, well, now you're a doctor. Yep. And she's actually an internal med doc. So I know she would know. So I start breaking it down for the doctor. Y'all know I got it like that. So... I said, well, then a coagulation happens on the eighth day as the vitamin K and the prothrombin. And she goes, 
Well, 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 you know your stuff, don't you? Well, yes, I do. I said, but is it really true? I mean, I'm reading this. Is this really true? Vitamin K and all this stuff. And she goes, yeah, it's really true. And I thought, then that's interesting. Vitamin K on the eighth day is at its highest peak, 100%, even that more on the eighth day. So God, watch this, in his wisdom, are you with me? Said all baby boys are to be circumcised on the eighth day. Now just quickly, a little bit about circumcision. Circumcision, listen, is an external sign indicating a covenant relationship has been established between the Jewish people underscore, between the Jewish people and God. Circumcision is an outward sign of an inward reality. You ever heard that before? It's an outward sign of an inward reality. Baptism is an, can somebody help me? An outward sign of an inward reality. Do you realize when you give your life to Christ, a spiritual surgery takes place? You give your life to Jesus Christ and God goes to work. A spiritual surgery takes place because he begins to circumcise, not the outside, but the heart. God begins to cut away that fleshly, stony heart. How you know that, Rodney? Well, Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 6, you can look it up in your own time. It reads this, and the Lord your God will circumcise your heart and the heart of your descendants. So God's people were told to circumcise on the eighth day. Not only on the eighth day did circumcision take place, listen, but also they would name their child on the eighth day. So on the eighth day, they named Jesus, Jesus. And the reason that many uh, Jewish rabbis believe that this naming on the eighth day Uh, took place, they believe that when God gave the covenant of circumcision to Abraham, that he changed his name the same day from Abram to Abraham. He gave that covenant and changed his name. Many Jewish rabbis believe that happened. So on the eighth day, circumcision took place and a name change took place or a name giving took place. Also talking about these ceremonies or these rituals that Jewish people observe, they also observe the ritual of purification. Now in your own time, Leviticus chapter 12, you should go ahead and read that in your own time, but purification took place 40 days after the birth of a child. So at this point, here in Luke chapter 2, at this point, Jesus is 40 days old, right about verse 22. Jesus is 40 days old. And according to Leviticus, every baby boy who comes through the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. And an offering was to be made of a pair of turtle doves. We just read it. And two pigeons. Now, if you were poor, give me your attention. If you were poor, you would offer a pair of turtle doves and two pigeons. If you were wealthy, you would offer, anybody know? A lamb. Very good. You would offer a lamb. So if Mary and Joseph offered 
a pair of turtle doves and two pigeons, we then know and can safely deduce the fact that Mary and Joseph were not wealthy. Now, I really don't want to go here, but I will. There's a whole teaching out there that says every Christian ought to be wealthy. And if you're not a Christian, I mean, if you're a Christian and you're not wealthy, then it must be some sin in your life or something you're not doing right or you're praying wrong or you're not as spiritual. Anybody know what I'm talking about? This is harmful. This is harmful and dangerous. And I actually would say, I won't qualify this statement, but I'm going to say it. It really borders heresy. Some of y'all know what I mean by that. It borders heresy. It's dangerous. If you're not healthy and wealthy and got a lot of money, then you're not as spiritual. There's something you're doing wrong because God wants you to be healthy. I mean, I, I heard a teaching just recently that said that Jesus wore silk. I'm like, where are they getting the, Where? What Bible are you reading? The Hannah and Barbara edition? Goodness gracious. Jesus was not wealthy. He said, foxes have holes. Are you listening? He said, foxes have holes and birds have nests, but the son of man has what? No place to lay his head. Jesus was not wealthy. Could he have been wealthy? I guess if he wanted to, he's God. He can do whatever he wants to do. But he wasn't wealthy, I think, to prove and to help us to see that, listen, your treasures are not here on this earth. Your treasure is in the kingdom of heaven. Don't get it twisted. Jesus was not wealthy. He didn't walk around with silk and, you know, nice clothes, bulletproof limousine. Okay. The disciples, they didn't have a lot of money. Mary and Joseph didn't have a lot of money. Now, don't misunderstand me. Later on in life, they did get some money because we know that the wise men bought them gold, frankincense, and myrrh, and God used that gold. I'm getting ahead of myself in my sermon. God used that gold to provide for them. But Joseph was just had a small business, a fledgling carpenter business, and he was just doing carpentry. So Jesus was born in Bethlehem, and they go to Jerusalem to present him in the temple, and they offer two turtle doves and two pigeons. Now, saints, listen to me close. I want you to follow the chronology. This is very important. I want you to follow the chronology. It seems that after you put Luke chapter 2, and Matthew chapter 2 together to get the full Christmas story. Are you with me? It seems after 40 days, Mary and Joseph return to Nazareth, and they get their things, and then they go back to Bethlehem. Now, we know that because the wise men, when they come with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh, they find Jesus not as a babe in Bethlehem, but as a boy, probably in his terrible twos. About two, two and a half years old. The wise men show up with their gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh, and Jesus and Mary and Joseph are living in Bethlehem. Matthew chapter 2. 
Now, while in Bethlehem, stay with me, while in Bethlehem, Joseph is warned in a dream that Herod was trying to kill the kids and that he should go to Egypt. And thank God for that timely gift of gold, because it was that timely gift of gold that provided them with the money that they needed so they could go to Egypt, which tells us this. You're going to love it. It tells us this. God knows what you need before you even know what you need. (laughs) Isn't that great? Don't you love it? Don't you love it? Don't you love it? I love it. God knows what you need before you know what you see. That's why we as believers, we don't have to worry. All the failing economy. Ooh, we're all going to die. The the jobs are all going away. We're all going to die. Let me tell you something. Nothing is going to happen to Pastor Rodney, Dave. Ain't nothing going to happen to you. He said, I never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. I'm not worried about the economy, and neither should you. It's always something in this country. It's always something that causes the people to get fearful. God's not giving you a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. There's always something. Y2K. Oh, we all laugh now, don't we? Y2K. Ha, 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 ha. Y2K. Man, people, Y2K folks were going out buying beans. Lowe's was selling them generators. You went to Lowe's one day to get a generator, it was $1,500. Go back the next day, it was $15,000. I mean, people were freaking out. We got to, oh, Y2K, we got to run to the hills, get your beans, get your rice, get your non-perishables, get your guns, Annie, get your guns. It's like freaking out. Everybody's going crazy. Get the generators. We're all going to die the day after Y2K. I woke up, let me tell you something. I back up my computer or nothing else. Anything God want me to know? If I don't know it, I don't know it. I don't have whatever. I don't back up. My, I ain't backing up my. I mean, I have backed up now, but I didn't back then. <laughs> Day after Y2K, I woke up. Everything was still the same. Power was on. Electric was on. Today News and CNN they had nothing to say about that, did they? I said, Oh yeah, where you at now? Huh? 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 Where's the story at now? You don't have a story. It was all a big scare. Folks now selling their generators on Craigslist for 10 bucks. Man, you took a hit on that one, trust. You took a hit. It's not good. It's not good for Christians to be so concerned overly concerned. Don't misunderstand me. We've got responsibilities. People, I feel you. I understand. But to get overly concerned when we serve a God who knows what we need before you even know what you need. You just figuring it out. You don't know what you need to, to, tonight. You don't even know what you have for dinner tonight. Or maybe you do. But we don't know. God knows. And we can learn that from Mary and Joseph. 
They didn't know they were going to have to go to Egypt. They were going to need the money to flee to Egypt. But God knew. And so the wise men bought them the money that they needed. And they used that money and those gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh to flee to Egypt. And while they're in Egypt, keep tracking with me, we're in the chronology. While they are in Egypt, they stay there for several years until Herod dies. And then they want to come back to Bethlehem. But the angel said, don't go back there. Herod's son is ruling. Go to Nazareth. And it's in Nazareth that Jesus is raised. And that is why he is known as Jesus the Nazarene. Because he was raised in Nazareth. Well, another point talking about the ceremonies and the rituals that are main points in Jewish culture, we have circumcision, we have purification, and finally we have presentation. Notice in verse 25, saints, put your face in verse 25. If you're looking at it, say amen. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. The name Simeon means Hearing. If you're taking notes, you write that in your margin. It means hearing. And this man, he was just and he was devout and he was waiting for the consolation of Israel or the Messiah. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And so he came, note this, by the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, that would be presentation. Ladies and gentlemen, we're talking about baby dedication here. To do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and he blessed God. And he said, Lord, Now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your soteria is the Greek word, S-O-T-E-R-I-A, S-O-T-E-R-I-A. My eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of not just Israel, but who, saints? All people. And Jesus, he's going to be a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel. And Joseph and his mother, man, they're standing there and they marvel at the things which were spoken of him. And then Simeon, he turns around, he looks at them and he begins to bless and to prophesy to them. And he said to Mary, his mother, behold, this child is destined for the fall and the rising of many in Israel. For a sign which will be spoken against. And yes, in verse 35, a sword will pierce through your soul, Mary, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. Stop right there, saints. Give me your attention. When they get to Jerusalem, they meet a man named Simeon. And I want you to notice, give me your attention. I want you to notice the Holy Spirit's estimation of this man. The Holy Spirit said he is just, which speaks of his relationship to man, and then he is devout, which speaks of his relationship to God. He is devout, 
and he is just. And no doubt his heart was close to the two tables of the law. The first table, were you with us in Exodus? The first table of the law dealing with our relationship to God and the second table dealing with our relationship to man. And that's how Simeon is described by the Holy Spirit. He is just and he is devout. And here is why. Don't miss it. Because, listen, he is just and he is devout because he was waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit was upon him. In other words, saints, he had, Simeon, had a witness in his heart of the soon return of the Messiah. That's what consolation of Israel means. It's a reference to the Messiah. It's a reference to the return of the Messiah. Simeon was devout and Simeon was just because he kept it in his mind that someday the Messiah is going to come. Do you realize that keeping in mind that Jesus will return soon will keep your life holy? Where you get that from, Rodney? Well, 1 John chapter 3, verse 3. You can read it in your own time, but it tells us that any man who has this hope, talking about the return of Jesus Christ, purifies himself even as he is pure. It is important, Christian, to remember that Jesus Christ is coming soon. We believe and teach here at Calvary Chapel. Watch this. Don't miss it. We believe here at Calvary Chapel that Jesus Christ could come at any time. We call that the eminent return of Jesus. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light. Let me be a salt.